Friends, welcome back to day number 10 in this Bible in a Year reading plan with Pastor Steve. If you're joining us for the first time today, I want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you have decided to jump into God's Word and to hear from God today. If you're a return guest to this podcast, great work. You are on your way to building a habit of being in God's Word, which is what He wants for us. He wants a relationship for us, and relationships require good communication, and God's Word communicates all sorts about Him and what our life ought to look like and how our life would be a lot better if we invited Him in more often. Well, today we'll be reading from Genesis chapter 39 through 41. You'll also read Psalm number 10 and Proverb number 10. As usual, the Bible translation that I'm using for these readings today, which will be all the chapters in Genesis, they'll be from the World English Bible, the web translation. But you are welcome to use any translation that you are comfortable with. And now, without further ado, let us jump into God's Word together. Genesis chapter 39. Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the hand of the Ishmaelites that had bought him down there. Yahweh was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that Yahweh was with him, and that Yahweh made all that he did prosper in his hand. Joseph found favor in his sight. He ministered to him, and Potiphar made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put into his hand. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, Yahweh blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Yahweh's blessing was on all that he had, in the house and in the field. He left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He didn't concern himself with anything except for the food which he ate. Joseph was well-built and handsome. After these things, his master's wife set her eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master doesn't know what is with me in the house, and he has put all that he has into my hand. No one is greater in this house than I, and he has not kept anything back from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day by day, he didn't listen to her, to lie by her, or to be with her. About this time, he went into the house to do his work, and there were none of the men of the house inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. He left his garment in her hand and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had run outside, she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, Behold, he has brought a Hebrew into us to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. When he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment by me and ran outside. She laid up his garment by her until his master came home. She spoke to him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought to us came into me to mock me. And as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment by me and ran outside. When the master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your servant did to me, his wrath was kindled. 
Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in custody. But Yahweh was with Joseph and showed kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners which were in the prison. Whatever they did there, he was responsible for it. The keeper of the prison didn't look after anything that was under his hand because Yahweh was with him. And that which he did, Yahweh made it prosper. Genesis chapter 40. After these things, the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. He put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and took care of them. They stayed in the prison many days. They both dreamed a dream, each man his dream, in one night. Each man, according to the interpretation of his dream, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were bound in the prison. Joseph came into them in the morning and saw them and saw that they were sad. He asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? They said to him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. Joseph said to them, Don't interpretations belong to God? Please tell it to me. The chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was in front of me. And in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters produced ripe grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. You will give Pharaoh's cup into his hand the way you did when you were his cupbearer. But remember me when it is well with you. Please show kindness to me and make mention of me to Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I also in my dream, and behold, three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the uppermost basket were, there were all kinds of baked food for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket of my head. Joseph answered, This is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and will hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all the servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer didn't remember Joseph, but forgot him. Genesis chapter 41. At the end of two full years, Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. Behold, seven cattle came up out of the river. They were sleek and fat, and they fed in the marsh grass. Behold, seven other cattle came up after them out of the river, ugly and thin, and stood by the other cattle on the brink of the river. The ugly and thin cattle ate up the seven sleek and fat cattle. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time. 
And behold, seven heads of grain came up on the stalk, healthy and good. Behold, seven heads of grain thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them, swallowed up the seven healthy and full ears. Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. In the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all of Egypt's magicians and wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults today. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard with the chief baker. We dreamed a dream in one night, he and I. Each man dreamed according to the interpretation of his dream. There was with us there a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. He interpreted to each man according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it was. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It isn't in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Pharaoh spoke to Joseph. In my dream, behold, I stood on the brink of the river, and behold, seven fat and sleek cattle came up out of the river. They fed in the marsh grass, and behold, seven other cattle came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I have never saw in the land of Egypt for ugliness. The thin and ugly cattle ate up the first seven fat cattle, and when they had eaten them up, it couldn't be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ugly as the beginning. So I awoke. I saw in my dream, and behold, seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, full and good, And behold, seven heads of grain withered thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads of grain. I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. What God is about to do, he has declared to Pharaoh. The seven good cattle are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ugly cattle that came up after them are seven years, and also the seven empty heads of grain blasted with the east wind, they will be seven years of famine. That is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt are coming. Seven years of famine will arise after them, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. And the plenty will not be known in the land by reason of that famine which follows, for it will be very grievous. The dream was doubled to Pharaoh because the thing is established by God, and God shortly will bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look for a discreet and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint overseers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt's produce in the seven plenteous years. Let them gather all the food of these good years that come and store grain under the hand of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. The food will be to supply the land against the seven years of famine, which will be in the land of Egypt. 
so that land will not perish through the famine. The thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants. Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Pharaoh said to Egypt, Because God has shown you all of this, there is no one so discreet and wise as you. You shall be over my house. All my people will be ruled according to your word. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, I have set you over the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. He made him ride in the second chariot which they had. They cried before him, Bow the knee. He set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. Without you no man shall lift up his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephanath-Paneah. He gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, as a wife. Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. In the seven plenteous years, the earth produced abundantly. He gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in cities. He stored food in each city from the fields around that city. Joseph laid up grains as the sand of the sea very much until he stopped counting, for it was without number. To Joseph were born two sons before the year of famine came. From Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The seven years of plenty that were in the land came to an end. The seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread and Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do. The famine was over the whole surface of the earth. Joseph opened all the store. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. The famine was so severe in the land of Egypt. All countries came into Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, because the famine was severe in all the earth. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day, and we thank you that you are a God who cares for us and never leaves our side. Even when we feel like you are distant, you are there. Lord, help us to see this to be even more true as we see the plot twist of a life that is Joseph's. Help us to see how you providentially held his hand and prepared the way for him. Uh, so that whatever others intended for harm, you made work for the good. And Lord, we're reminded of those similar words from the Apostle Paul, who said that you work all things for the good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So be with us now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Man, oh man, guys, these are some of my most favorite stories from the book of Genesis. So I read through Genesis chapters 39 through 41 today, and we're getting to see a little bit more of Joseph's life. And 
where he wound up after his brothers uh, sought to take him out of the picture. Uh, they initially had intended to kill him, right, uh, to really take him out. Um, but thanks to some of his older brother's wisdom, they instead uh, did him no harm, but still kind of harmed him, right, by sending him off uh, with uh, basically slave traders, the Ishmaelites. And so where uh, did Joseph go? But God prepared the way, right? What they intended for bad, God made some pretty nice accommodations for Joseph. He wound up in the house of Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard, reporting directly to the pharaoh, basically the king of Egypt. And it's said here that while Joseph was with Potiphar, in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. God knocked down any obstacles that were in his way and just blessed the socks off of Joseph if he wore socks then, which he didn't. And we see that the Lord blessed not only Joseph, but the household of the Egyptian, that is Potiphar, because of that covenant. Remember the covenant that's being communicated down through the lineage of Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, and now here through Joseph, is that God is going to prosper them, give them a place and a purpose to make their descendants so numerous that they couldn't be counted. And then he said also that I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Well, Potiphar was blessing Joseph, so God blessed Potiphar and even uh, all that Joseph did here and beyond for Egypt. But it so happened that later on in the story, there was a plot twist that is uh, Potiphar's wife kind of had the hots for Joseph. It says that he was handsome and well-built, right? So she had the hots for him and wanted Joseph to sleep with her. But again and again, Joseph said, no, this would be an atrocity because I've been put in charge of everything. The only thing that my master hasn't given me is you, his wife. Why would I do this wicked thing? But she was relentless time and again, tried to corner him and do the deed with Joseph. Joseph finally, uh, at the last attempt, he fled, and he wound up fleeing uh, presumably naked because she was holding on so tight that she had the tunic, and he was out of there, out of the house. And she devised a pretty nasty story and said that Joseph basically raped her, uh, and that Potiphar, he was so mad, so infuriated that he placed Joseph in the prison. And that brings us to chapter 40. But even in the prison, though, in verse 21 of thirty, chapter 39, it says, The Lord was with Joseph. Wherever Joseph goes, God's already a couple steps ahead, preparing the way. So it's here in the jail that he meets two interesting fellas, the cupbearer and the baker for Pharaoh himself. And they were placed in there because apparently they offended their, uh, their master, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, in some way, shape, or form. But while they were there, each of them had a dream. The cupbearer had a dream, and then the baker had a dream. Now, the dreams puzzled the cupbearer and the baker, and Joseph saw that it made them sad. So he asked, you know, what's going on? They said, well, we dream these dreams, and there's no one to interpret it. Joseph said, well, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me what's going on. So Joseph here is acknowledging the fact that he has a pretty special relationship with God, that he knows that if uh, he is told those dreams, he would be able to help make sense because God is with him and God is blessing his path. 
So he interprets the dreams. It turns out to be a, a positive. It turns out to be a positive interpretation for the cupbearer, but a negative interpretation for the baker. So much so that the baker was told that he would lose his life, while the cupbearer was restored to his duties back where he belonged in Pharaoh's court. Later on, three days, as predicted by Joseph, Pharaoh brings them back. The cupbearer is restored, and the baker is killed. Now, Joseph, after interpreting these dreams, they were all happy. They're like, He's like, please, just you know, remember me when you go back to, to Pharaoh. Uh, so that maybe he might deal kindly with me and get me out of this jail because, you know, I was first of all kidnapped from my people and brought to this foreign place, and then I was placed in jail uh, at no fault of my own. But unfortunately, as verse 23 points out, the cupbearer, the live one, did not remember Joseph. And that tees up what's going to happen in the next chapter, chapter 41, where we see that Mr. Pharaoh himself has a dream. And remember, the, the first part of the dream is uh, seven cows, kind of plump cows coming up out of the river, and then seven gaunt or skinny, kind of ugly and emaciated looking cows coming up, and they eat the healthy ones, right? And then there's this thing with the, uh, the heads of barley. Uh, and Joseph interprets this to Pharaoh and says, there's going to be seven years of plenty for your land, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. Now, for someone who is living a lush life, uh, hearing that there's going to be seven years of the most severe famine you've ever seen is troubling. So because Joseph interpreted this dream for Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh discerned that he was a pretty wise fella indeed, and that the Spirit of God was in him. And he said, you know what? If anyone's going to do it, if anyone's going to manage this process for me, it's going to be... You. So he puts Joseph in charge of everything in Egypt. He is the second in command, second only to Pharaoh himself. Joseph was given royal escorts and a chariot and said that anything that the people do here, well, it's going to be at your word. And whatever the people don't do, it's going to be at your word. You are in charge of everything. Talk about God preparing a good place for Joseph in a bad situation. Joseph is then given a wife by Pharaoh. Her name was Potipharah, and they have two children together, two sons, the first of which is called Manasseh, and then the second of which is named Ephraim. And Joseph manages the process very well for Pharaoh. He's enjoying his life there. Uh, there's seven years of abundance, and those seven years of famine do come to pass so much so that the people in Egypt were crying out for food. And guess what? Joseph had everything ready because he was a good steward of the vision that God gave to Pharaoh. And when everyone else in the world was suffering from the famine, they came to Egypt looking for food to survive. And this, friends, brings us to the place where Joseph is about to be reunited with his brothers. And that's going to be an interesting situation, but one that we will get to on the first day of next week, on Monday, when we jump back into the Bible in a year. So friends, I hope that you are enjoying this podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the, the plot twist stories of Joseph today, and we're going to see some of those continue to play out. But just remember that God is with you. 
He's preparing a way for you. You have a place and a purpose in his kingdom. And he wants to see you thrive. And when you place your trust in him, because you do so, you are promised that whatever others intend for ill, whatever bad things might happen in the world, that God can use them. He could redeem them for the good so that we might continue to build his kingdom here and shed his glory abroad into the world and into the cosmos so that he might be glorified in and through us, which is the vocation that he gave us, that calling. Hope you lean into that calling, friends. Have a very blessed weekend. I'll see you on Monday.